Well, praise God. Well, um, as I, as I, um, I'm Pastor Joshua, and uh, I am honored to get to serve on the staff here at Christ Center, and I'm so glad you are here. And um, for those of you that are here for the first time, welcome. Um, and uh, we're going through a series right now called Faith in Work. And um, we're having fun with that double entendre there. That we, we want to see, first of all, our faith is to be engaged in our work. And then also, I want to see, we want to see your faith restored in your work. That you, that you know, like, wow, this is actually part of the kingdom. This is part of how God intends to transform nations is actually through my work. And I can have confidence that my work matters. My work in the home, my work in the, in the cities, my work in my workplace um, that, that we are all engaged in full-time ministry. So I'm going to, um, uh, this is going to be a fun, interactive day, and, uh, and I, I'm excited about that, and soon you too will be, because what I've done is after I, after I share a couple things, then I'm just going to have you line up, and each of you is going to come up and share publicly about how you feel about that. That is a lie. I'm not going to do that. But we are going to have some interaction today. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let me just set this up for you. Um, I, I do want to encourage you. Uh, Jason and I have, been, have really been working. I should say Jason and I. I'm being very generous with myself. Jason has been working on me to be a little more thematic with the approach in what we've been sharing. Have you guys been enjoying that? Hasn't it been great to take some time, grab a subject, and just look at it from a whole lot of different facets? It's beautiful, isn't it? See, my wiring is I'm a little ADD, so I'm just really excited whether or not the facets all connect or not. I already think everything connects. And so for me, I'm just like, oh, that's amazing. Kingdom's beautiful over here. Ooh, cooking. Cooking is good. Let's talk about that. But you guys are probably liking focusing a little more. Is that, is that true? Is this working for you? All right. So that being said, if you've missed any of the, uh, the if you've missed the first couple of messages here on faith in work, we're going to be spending a little time on this. And I don't want you to miss anything. Jason set up a fantastic preamble for what we're talking about. And if you missed it, please go back and listen to it. You can go to ChristCenter.com and you can click on sermons, or you can just uh, subscribe to the podcast on your on your iPhone or, or your device. So please don't miss any of these. They do work together, and I, I really believe that you'll be encouraged. And I'm so excited about this too because this is something we're all engaged in. How many of you are engaged in work in some shape or form, right? It's all of us. We all do this. And to know how integral it is to the extension of the kingdom, to know how valuable it is to the Father is so important because it's what we're doing with the majority of our time. And so to know that the Father's like, not only do I like this and approve of it, it's actually how I'm transforming nations. It's how I'm, I'm transforming your heart. It's how I'm extending my kingdom. It's vital. It's beautiful. You were made for this, and you're joining me in this. So today's uh, section of Faith in Work, week three, um, is, is joining Jesus in his ministry. So I, wa- I want us all to catch this, that when we're working, everything that we're doing but we're focusing on work, is joining Jesus in his ministry. So let's just begin with, uh, with this scripture. This is in Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is after he was tempted in the wilderness. And news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues, and he was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book, and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus, this, this is where Jesus announces his public ministry. And he quotes Isaiah 61. He quotes Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And he speaks about what he's doing, about what that ministry is actually accomplishing. And he, he continues on, bringing good news to the afflicted. How many of us were afflicted when we first met Christ? He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now, I want you guys to, to, to catch this. So often when we read in the New Testament, you'll see certain areas where Christ will quote a particular passage from Scripture. And I want to encourage you, there's some beautiful footnotes in most of your Bibles that when Jesus quotes a specific scripture, he's quoting from the law and the prophets, he's quoting from the Torah, and he's, he's telling you, I'm fulfilling this scripture, and let me tell you something that's rich and beautiful I want to encourage you to do. Go then and look at where that scripture is that he's quoting from, because he's not just saying, hey, here's this tiny little headline. He's saying, here's a headline. Go look at the prophets where this was written of, and see the fullness of what I'm accomplishing right now. There's a whole scripture where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's a whole psalm about what he's actually accomplishing in that moment. He's actually speaking to, I'm doing this right now. So I'm encouraging you with this because in this same way, Jesus comes, he doesn't read all of Isaiah in this moment. He reads the beginning passage of Isaiah, but he's referencing the work of everything that God foretold about what he would do in Isaiah. He's referencing that idea, that body of work, the promise of the Father of what he wants to do. I'm launching into this ministry. This is what I'm doing. So if you follow then through and you see uh, Isaiah 61.4, he continues to say, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to proclaim liberty. And then he says, and then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations and they'll repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Who were we when he came to us? We were broken. Who were we when he came to us? We were captives. We were oppressed. We were downtrodden. Slaves to our own pride and our own passions. And he set us free and made us into oaks of righteousness. And now we're joining him in his ministry. And what is his ministry? To continue to bring freedom to the captives, to continue to proclaim the favor of the Lord, and to continue to build the ancient ruins, to raise up the former devastations. Read this with me, will you? Let's just say this together. And then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities, 
the desolations of many generations. Let's read it again and then let's say I, because God has brought us into this, so this is us, okay? Why don't we say we? Let's say we, because you ain't doing it on your own, neither am I. Let's go with we, okay? Are we ready? All right. We will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will raise up the former devastations, and we will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Are you starting to catch that picture of what we're doing? So then the question is, okay, if we're going to do this, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we rebuild the devastations of generations, the desolation? How do we how do, we do that? And you know what's amazing? I'll tell you how you do it. You do it through your work. See, we're joining Jesus in his ministry to do these things. The first good news about that is you're finally part of something that's bigger than yourself. How many of us have engaged in work and in career, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, but this is vital for us to catch. How many of us have engaged in different kinds of work, but when we really get down to it, it is very much about us. I need to engage in something that's meaningful for me so I can bloom in my destiny and make enough money for my family. I need to feel important and special in the work that I do so that I can feel affirmed. But at the end of the day, even if you're engaged in good work, you are still the center of your own universe and you're still the motivation for yourself. You're building a kingdom that you're at the center of. And so what happens is suddenly then your motivation turns into burnout. It turns into a drivenness that, that eats you and your family alive because it will never be enough. If you're in the center of it, if it's all about you, if at the root of this, this is about your identity and your destiny, it's not big enough. And you'll just keep serving and serving and going and going. Are you with me? And some of us right now, you're resonating with that. You're like, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. You don't have to raise your hand. But you've all been there, or you might be there. And this is the invitation from Christ to say, come to me, you that are heavy laden and weary, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Join me in my ministry. Come be a part of what I am doing, and I will teach you a new way to do things. Amen? So we're being invited into something bigger than ourselves. Somebody say, thank God. Yeah, yeah, thank God. God, how many of you like my voice right now? I think this is kind of cool. It's got like this like kind of, I think it's kind of smoky, you know, like welcome to Christ Center, 104.2 Christ Center. All smooth all the time. Let's go to the next one. Here we go. Jesus continues then as he's inviting us into his ministry. He's inviting us into his ministry. And you know what's amazing about it is that Jesus also didn't get hung up on being the big kahuna. Like, he is the serve, He is the king that serves. It's so incredible. Catch this, that he invites us into a ministry, and then he says this. Truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That would have been great right there. I think most of us would be patting ourselves on the back like, hey, I'm all right. I'm like inviting people into the family business. You can come alongside. You can do what I do. Everything I do, you can do because I'm a very magnanimous, good leader. He goes further and says, and greater works than these you will do because I go to the Father. He's inviting us into what he's doing, and he's inviting us to do together, say together, even greater things. Amazing, isn't it? He's actually saying, I'm inviting you to join me in my ministry, but I am in no way threatened that I actually want all y'all with me to do greater things than I ever did while I was on the earth. 
How many of you know that when Jesus came, he fulfilled the prophet's scripture about him that said that the government of peace is upon his shoulder and of its increase there will be no end. There was like one democracy, this horrible, corrupted democracy that even existed in the world when Jesus came. There was one. You look at how much God has actually increased his influence in the, the, the fact that we even have a thing called human rights now. We didn't even used to have that. That's God's stuff, guys. Human rights is God's stuff. The increase of his government is actually expanding. Do you see that? Greater things are being accomplished now in governments. Now, are they perfect? No. No, they're not. But there's more widespread human rights now than there were when Jesus left the earth. Do you see that? You see, it's increasing. And greater things are happening. There is a greater middle class that that exists right now in the earth than has ever existed in all of history right now. Greater things than what Jesus did while he was here. Why? Because his kingdom is expanding. But who's doing the work? We are. Why? Because he invited us to join him in his ministry to do it. Now to the extent where Satan has tricked us into not even having eyes to see it, not even valuing the beauty of how God wants to do it. To that extent, we're just like, man, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Like every time that you get like some bad news on this extraordinary device that you can do voice recording, check the weather on, use your GPS, uh, write down some notes, get an email, get some terrible news. You're like, terrible news. just keeps getting worse and worse. The world's just going to hell in a handbasket. Man, oh God, please come soon. This is a horrible place. Or we could open up our eyes and go, wow, there is darkness, but his kingdom is actually increasing because we're at work with him. Are you with me? It's exciting, isn't it? How many want to join Jesus in his ministry? Come on. How many of you are tired of like philosophical, theoretical thoughts and would like to see what this looks like in action? That hurt a little bit, but I'm going to let you do it. Okay, so let me show you. I want to show you. And it's legal, by the way. It's legal. Jesus had to use a flannel graph because they didn't have technology like we have now. So I'm going to show you a couple of, uh, a couple of short videos, and then we're going, to, we're going to talk about it a little bit. But Jesus told stories, didn't he? He, he? he showed us what it looks like. So let me give you an example of one way that these people have joined Jesus in his ministry and, uh, and I want you to just glean from this. Just watch this with me. Can we drop the lights down as well? If you've ever seen a West Texas storm, they blow in suddenly, rolling clouds of dust, the lightning strikes and the thunder claps. It's powerful stuff. You know you're in a storm when you're in a West Texas storm. When I first got into business building homes in Lubbock, Texas, it was all about the game, and the scorecard was money. Unfortunately, real estate collapsed. That was the very moment that I knew all of the money that I had made was going to go away. My wife of 22 years had divorced me at that time. Those were the darkest times. I lost it all, beyond all. 
dad had gone broke and left Lubbock at the time. Over the years, he and I started talking about this idea of building affordable homes. He would be the sales half and I would be the building half. When he came back to join me, I could tell that he had found something a little different. He was on a, on a journey of faith. I said, hey, I really blew this the first time. I don't want to do this like that again. So I said, let's commit what we're doing here to the Lord. We committed to give the first fruits of our home building business, which are our land profits, away. We experienced growth and his blessing almost immediately. And within a couple of years, we were, we were building and selling more homes than, than any other builder in this market. One of the years, we gave about 82% of our net profits away. And then the Lord began to change our thinking and ask us, it's really great that you're giving this money over here to these ministries, but you work with families. What do they know about my love for them? Exodus 19.6 says, although the whole world is mine, I want to establish a kingdom of priests and make a holy nation. And I remember um, thinking, am I a priest? Can I be a minister in business, in the marketplace? There was a specific point in which Rick had to make a decision. Is, am I gonna stay in control of this? Or am I gonna let the Lord have control of this? Does God own this business? Or do I own this business? He still had the matter to contend with of, well, how are the people gonna view this? Not all of them are believers. But in the end, the day came and he stood before the company and he said he had given ownership of the company to the Lord. Let's see where he wants to take us. We just began to make a place for God's kingdom right in our business for the purpose of transformation. We've built homes for more than 7,000 families. Each home we build gives us an opportunity to interact with over 100 businesses and contractors. We view the businesses and contractors as trade partners. Besides dealing with them honestly, paying them regularly, we seek to help them grow their own businesses through loans, providing startup capital, and offering business mentoring. We view building each home with the highest level of quality while keeping the costs affordable as a huge part of our ministry to the families who place their trust in us to build their home. Just before handing over the keys, we present each family with a Bible with their name inscribed on it. We have over 120 employees, and we made the decision to turn our family-owned company into an employee-owned one so they could enjoy the fruit of their labor into their retirement. We developed an intentional relational leadership style where we're looking at the person as a whole. We're actively seeking to grow our employees personally and professionally. We also hired a team dedicated full-time to take care of our employees and our trade partners. God has allowed us to live a life we didn't even know to dream, and we're excited about where He's gonna lead us next. A leader's job here isn't to build homes, but to build people, and nothing has impacted me as much professionally, personally, and spiritually as this place, and that's ridiculous that somebody could say that about a business. I am just a testament to what can happen here because people were working on me, refining me, 
and ultimately transforming my life and making it better for not just me, but my family. We talk about ministry in the marketplace. Whatever business you're in, that's the Lord's business. Just give Him that business. Go bloom where you're planted and perform ministry right there. That's Bible right there. Isn't that beautiful? I feel like I want to clap. That was hallelujah. Come on. So let's just take a minute here. Let's just, uh, let's hear together. So first of all, um, just raise your hand and uh, my lovely assistant, Tyler, who grows a fabulous beard, is going to come to you. And if you want, he'll hug you and you can get a little of that beard. If not, hugs are optional, but just raise your hand. But let's just hear together. Uh, what did you just see? What was something that was highlighted to you as you were watching that? What did we just, what did we just see? What, what popped out at you? Right over here. Surrender. He surrendered his life. He surrendered his business. He didn't let worry consume him. And he just, he gave it to God. He surrendered it to God, saying, this is yours. How do you want me to do this? What do you want me to do? You know, I'm kind of a type A, like to control everything, make a plan. Come on, that's my heart, sister. That's what I'm talking about. You know, and, and sometimes when you do that, you squeeze God right out of the picture. That's good. And they made it all about God being the whole picture. Yeah. Surrender. It's his stuff. Over here, Tammy. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. It's a scary thing, isn't it, to let go of something? He didn't let failure define him, he failed miserably the first time come on and he didn't let that say that this is who i am he he started over yeah that's good that's really good yeah he starts out with everything going to pot Whew. anyone else uh, we get a glimpse of heaven on earth when we decide to be the hands and feet that bring the kingdom come. Yeah, come on. I like that. I like that. A couple others. Right over here. Um, I saw the happiness that brought him when he really went outside of himself. Like you were talking about that right before you showed the video of going outside of yourself. Yeah. And I see the happiness that brought him. Yeah, yeah. Looking to what God could do, being a part of, yeah, that's good. Robin. In the moment when he had to decide if he was going to maintain ownership or give it to God, even though his employees were not all um, believers, he stood up anyway and made the declaration that the company belonged to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, come on, that's brave, isn't it? And then isn't it amazing, I thought the succession of going from, okay, this belongs to the Lord, he makes that declaration, and then later down the road, the Lord directs him, I want you to give this company to the employees. And he's not calling all of us to do that, but in this situation, he spoke to him. What an incredible picture of God's heart. Wow. I also really appreciated the focus on people and building people up no matter what's going on, but you're building them. You're there for the people, not, they're not just your employees or your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. We got time for a couple more over here, Jim. Nicely done, Tyler. That's a servant heart right there. <laughs> I'd like to start by saying my wife just said, oh, Jim, you don't need a mic. 
I missed it. What? <laughs> she said, oh, Jim, you don't need a mic. <laughs> I was trying to save Tyler. <laughs> um, when he started to make the decision there, you could feel that there was tension. You know, this was a new step. But when God was in control, there was this peace. You could just sense it in him. You know, he, you know God, this is yours. This is not mine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Over here, Colette. I thought it was interesting how it all started with tithing. Yeah, they started with the first fruits. Yeah, and then God just took them on this adventure, didn't he? It's a good word. Maybe one more. Who wants the last word? Who wants to be most remembered? Oh, here we go. Wait, are you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's pointing at his wife. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have a marriage counseling thing coming up, so just for no reason. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> So I guess I saw it in two things, and everybody's really said it, but two words, uh, restoration and transformation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he was personally restored and then able to bring transformation with God's help. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, well, let's watch another story. You guys ready for another one? All right, let's do this. States Air Force fighter pilots are the most laser-focused, passionate people you'll ever meet. If your reaction time is off by less than half a second, it is a life-or-death situation. They have to be that good. My job is to teach Air Force pilots, the art and science of being a fighter pilot. When I got into the Air Force, the goal was I'm gonna be the best fighter pilot on the planet. And then I started looking to people that I worked with. They're really good at flying the jet and instructing, but some of them are in a very broken state. When somebody develops you in the military, they focus on the career progression, and that didn't allow for growth in other areas and the overall growth of a human being. We see it time and time again in our community. People are so good at being a fighter pilot, but they're missing these other critical elements. I was jazzed when I got this assignment. I thought this would be an opportunity to change. We could do things better. Our most precious commodity is not this, this jet. It is that wingman, and it's you. You, the instructor pilot, and it's your family. And if we don't take care of that wingman, that instructor pilot, and if we don't develop them, then we've failed. So we went right after the flight commanders. And we said, we are gonna make you a better fighter pilot, a better instructor, 
a better husband, a better father. I'm going to make you a better leader. That is what we're going to do over the next two years in the 435th. For a long time, the military has worked on a leader-follower mentality. And one of the things Kaiser's really focused on is it's a leader-leader mentality. So it's leaders who are developing more leaders. One of the things we do in the squadron to develop the leadership team is we'll get together and we'll watch a video or go through a reading and we'll sit around the table and, and discuss what spoke to us in the room about what we just watched. How can we apply it? We're constantly looking for opportunities to meet with people from within the Air Force, out of the Air Force, academia, and we'll, as much as possible, try to get in a room with them uh, in a small group situation and pick their brains. Serving under Kaiser's changed my leadership in some significant ways. One of those ways is the idea that if where the squadron's at right now is, is not where it could be, you need to cast that vision and show people where we can be, then you also need to provide them with a way to get there. And then the second one would be taking care of people. He comes in in front of the whole class, and the first thing he tells them is, I'm proud of you, I care about you, I trust you, and I love you. He takes each individual person and in the areas that that person needs to grow, and then very intentionally, he focuses on those areas. He sent me a text message one night, and he told me I should go to marital counseling with my wife. Not because there was a problem, because he wanted me to focus on that part of my development, and we did. We went to marital counseling because Kaiser told me I should, and we're better for it. In our world, it's tough to be vulnerable. It is tough to open up and say, I need to get better, and I am not as good in this area as I should be. And the only way we could get our fighter pilots to open up and get better we had to first show that we were vulnerable and we needed to expose where we needed to get better. As much as all this sounds great, it doesn't you know, amount to a hill of beans unless you're accomplishing your mission. We just had another inspection and of all the squadrons in our wing, guess who shows up as the best squadron? It's the 435th, our washout rate decreased by 85%. That means they don't have to retrain, and that translates to millions of dollars that the Air Force is saving. This message resonates with Air Force leadership. They want to know how we're doing this. What is the model? His role is not in making sure that we're doing the mission. That's the director of operations job. That's his second in command's job. His job is to lead the squadron. His job is to build the Air Force's next great leaders. He asked me the first time we met is, do you care? And at first I'm like, well, of course I care. But if you think a little more deeply into that question, if someone cares, you can work with them on anything else. And I think the first step in caring about something is you have to have something that's bigger than you. And Kaiser definitely has something in his life, his faith, that's bigger than him that drives him. And it has had a tremendous impact on our squad and the fact that he lives that out. My faith is everything. It's who I am. And I know you're not allowed to go ahead and preach your one religion. And as weird as it sounds, I kind of like the policy. Stop talking about it. Live it out. Live it out the way you lead, the way you teach, the way you treat other people. Our wingmen will not remember anything 
that I have taught them on basic fighter maneuvers. They won't remember that five years from now, but they will remember how they felt around me. They will remember, I felt inspired by this commander. I felt like he cared about me. And I knew if I didn't meet an expectation, he was gonna make me better because he loved me. Pretty, pretty encouraging, isn't it? Come on. Well, let's uh, let's do let's glean a little more together. Um, Tyler is at the ready. Beard and Mike, check. All right. So, um, so there's a couple new questions here. Was there anything you were just affirmed in that you're already doing? Let's think about that for a minute. And I'm realizing that I wrote these questions for small groups, so I'm going to go back to the other questions. But how many of you encouraged to realize you're already in a ministry place and there's some things you're doing well right now? Isn't that good? All right, so let's go ahead and go back to these questions. What did you just see? What was highlighted to you about this, this story, this scenario? Over here. Who's this? Whose mom is that? <laughs> okay. Well, it was an affirmation because like in the military where they can't, preach Jesus. I go into people's homes as a caregiver. I don't go representing myself and my beliefs. I go as a trusted agent for a company. Mm -hmm. And yet, as I love on these people and care for them and their families come, I get a, an opportunity often when I'm asked the question, how can you be who you are? How can you do what you do? And it's just so cool to just see exactly what he's saying, only on a much bigger scale. That was really, really neat. It's incredible, right? The, the, your good work, your good work does end up causing people to ask questions, doesn't it? So it's not that we are ashamed of Christ, but we're ready with an answer for the hope that we have. And if this is done well, people are like, okay, I got to know. <laughs> what is it about you? That's a good word. Go ahead. What I saw was relationship. Um, nobody's going to listen to you unless they trust you. They know that you are who you really are and um, that you really truly want to invest in them. And so that relationship was the big thing that we can all just live. And even whether they believe in God or not, it doesn't matter. It's the heart that you have for them. That's good. Yeah. It's about people, isn't it? Well, first and foremost, <laughs> I want to make sure you guys heard Kaiser was in there, right? It said, it didn't say Pastor Jason, Pastor Josh, listen to Pastor Jim. It said, when Kaiser says it, you do it. <laughs> Kaiser says, get marriage counseling. It's yeah. good. It's good. No, the, the biggest part for me, though, was um, just care, to care. When you care, it's hard to fake anything. If you don't really care, I have to check all the time. Do I really care about this person? Otherwise, I can't honestly put forth a sincere effort to help. If I'm just trying to get brownie points for myself, um, that doesn't work. It's got to be a true caring. That's a good word. Go ahead. Yeah, I loved the fact that he used just such obvious kingdom principles without naming them, saying the first thing he said is, I love you, I'm proud of you and I'm here for you to support you, like that is, that's Jesus, but he didn't have to say this is Jesus, he just said this is me, I love you, and how many of us are willing to say I love you to my 
my coworkers and to the people that I'm serving and working with. It's, but that's, that's Jesus right there. So That's good. That's a good word. Over here. No, I don't tweet. So I was just thinking of, um, like, military experience and having uh, been in the military, you have this idea or you know that, or you experience that no matter what, career progression is the most important thing. Like, Jesse, I whispered to him, it's like, we would say, like, you sell your soul in order to promote. And then, but Kaiser, like, that wasn't his thing. And so it's like this idea of a double life. And we talked about the sacred and the secular, and I think that he embodies not having a double life like that it, it there is only one one thing and it, I, it he's he's been rewarded for that and it's amazing and so it's it's great but I don't think he would mind if he wasn't rewarded for that in the Air Force it it wouldn't matter because he wouldn't sacrifice his integrity in Christ so that was I, that stuck out to me right on yeah Eric in the back You know, I like that he said that he liked that he couldn't preach Jesus because it made him act that way. It made me think in my life and in our lives, if you didn't say Jesus' name but just lived your life, would people say that's not possible on their own? There has to be something else there. And so it challenges you to say, I'm going to step up everything else that I'm doing so that there's no doubt that it's Jesus really behind it all. Yeah, that's quite a challenge, isn't it? That's a good word, Eric. That's a good word. Because it is different. What Christ is calling us to is tangible. I, I really liked, um, and raise your hand if you're ready to have a comment. You're going to get the last word here. We've got, we got room for a couple more. Um, but I really did like that he ended with, hey, this is all fine and good. You can say all these nice things. What did it result in? And if you caught at the end there, he said, we, we had an 84% decrease in our dropout rate. 84% less people dropping out of the program because of the way that, that uh, Kaiser decided to, to serve the Lord in his area of influence. I just uh, was thinking that, um, you know, you can be yourself. If you make Jesus and you know Jesus, guess what? When you're out there in the world, just be yourself and it'll come through. You don't have to learn anything more. You don't have to be something you're not. Just rely on him changing your life and then be yourself. That is good. Yeah, you plus Jesus turns out to be a majority, doesn't it? <laughs> one, maybe one more thought. Somebody got one burning and you were like, ah, oh, I missed it. You didn't. We're over here. Oh, yeah, come on. Wrap it up, Nikita. Bring us home. <laughs> it showed them value. Bam. Come on. <laughs> she really took that one word thing very seriously. <laughs> value. Add value. I think that is true. You know, that, that uh, the kingdom does add value. Come on, that's a good word. And caring for people. It's, it's not actually as natural as one would think, is it? You can't fake actually loving other people. It's so brilliant. Well, I hope that this was inspirational for you today. I felt like what, what we needed to do, and as we continue on, was to see how this looks in action. Um, and, and last week, you know, we took a, a ministry time 
and, uh, and just made some declarations in the name of Jesus that the areas where the enemy has been darkening our thinking, has been blinding us to the reality of the kingdom in, the, in our work life, that that would be broken off of us, that we'd begin to be creative and see the reality of the kingdom happening. Because for many of us, we're, 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 we're in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right skill set, but we don't have the right perspective. And so to that degree, we may find ourselves less effective or ineffective or completely joyless while actually being about the assignment that God gave you. And, and so our desire is to truly empower and equip every saint to realize you are in full-time ministry, joining Jesus in his ministry to transform nations through your work. And I hope that these were examples were a, were a neat snapshot of what that actually can be. So uh, why don't we do this? Why don't you just put your hand on your heart? I just want to pray. Father in heaven, I, I want to ask right now that by your Holy Spirit, you would heal the places in us, the places in our heart where we have felt like we weren't actually engaged in ministry. Would you heal us from all the accusations of the enemy, all of, the, all of our own accusations against ourselves, all the misunderstandings and the pain that has come from feeling like we're not actually on mission, we're not actually in our destiny, we're not actually in the right place at the right time, Lord, and, and we've become weary, and I'm asking, Holy Spirit, you come just heal that. Heal that. Lord, do away with the misunderstandings. Do away with any dualism that's been there. Do away with any mistrust or fear that we're going to miss out on the good stuff because we're stuck in this <laughs> place. And now, Lord, in place of that, I ask for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. A fresh creativity, that same spirit that, 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 that was hovering over the waters and made beauty and paradise out of chaos. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and brought redemption through his blood and his resurrection. Lord, hover over our hearts right now and give us the strength that we need, the joy that we need, the creativity that we need, the imagination that we need. This we ask in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we want to join you in your ministry. Amen? Amen. Here's what I want to do today. The uh, prayer servant team and all of the elders are coming to the front. And so we want to pray over you in your ministry. So please come up and receive prayer today. Come on up, elders and prayer servant team. Come on up. We're going to put on some prayer music. Please come and let us just bless you. And uh, go to work. Love you.